Welcome to Rethink, the podcast that empowers you to challenge your existing beliefs and embrace new, more productive ways of thinking. Here at Rethink, we believe that the key to self-fulfillment lies in shattering old thought patterns and adopting new mindsets that support personal growth and empowerment. With expert guests and thought leaders from a wide range of fields, we explore strategies and insights that can help you achieve success and fulfillment in all areas of your life. From relationships to career, business ownership, and health, you are the source of your own success. We're just here to help you tap into your true potential and create a brighter future. So join us on the journey of personal growth and empowerment, and let's rethink what's possible for our lives. Can you have muscle mass while being vegan? That's what we're talking about today on Things You Should Know. Stick around. Here at Things You Should Know podcast, our focus varies from commonly asked questions like, what are the top email apps for iPhone users or how much does it cost to go to Disney World anyway to the trending topics of the day such as are taxes going up or down and who's Elon Musk we shed light on things you probably always wondered about but you never got around to investigating them yourself this podcast brings you the answers to your most commonly asked questions and makes you smarter just by listening Information empowers, and the more information you have, the better decision you can make, and ultimately, your quality of life is based on the decisions you make. So, thanks for joining the discussion, and make sure that you subscribe today and not miss out on any future episodes of Things You Should Know. heard of Lawrence Guy. He's a lineman for the New England Patriots. He's 31 years old. He's vegan. He's won two Super Bowls and he weighs in at 315 pounds, six foot four. We're going to be talking about today one of the great myths around being plant-based, particularly being vegan. Uh, can you maintain muscle mass? Can you build muscle? Where do you get your protein? All of these sorts of things. I'm going to list to you uh, the number one, I've kind of already said it, but the number one uh, most irritating questions that vegans get. And I'm going to help you uh, have a response to it. So the next time you're out and you, if you're not vegan, uh, if you're around your vegan friends or family, uh, I'm going to help you not to to bring this up, and if so, to talk about it in a very intelligent way. So I hope you guys are doing well. Welcome into the podcast. Uh, Exciting show planned for you today. Uh, Something that I'm always um, looking forward to is talking and helping and assisting uh, folks like yourself who are maybe on the edge of, uh, you know, joining us on the plant-based side, Breaching out into a plant-based diet, a more healthy diet for yourself. I'm going to bring you some more information. Uh, and this one is very important because I think a lot of people 
do value their health, and they don't understand uh, that they can be more healthy uh, as vegan or vegetarians and still have the type of body shape and strength that they want. I was one of those people. So before we get started, uh, first-timers, welcome aboard. Thank you guys uh, for joining in with us today. We've been here for a while. Where have you been? Thank you. Subscribe. Go ahead and subscribe now before you forget who we are and where we are. And uh, you can be notified the next time that we have uh, new content out, which is every other day. This is show number 80. Let me jump over here real quick. I often... Um, I'm a show ahead, so I just want to make sure that I'm telling you the the right show number. Uh, we're show number 86. This is show number 86. So uh, you've got a little bit of catching up to do. If you want to go and check out our show, we, of course, are listed on essentially any and every uh, podcast source that you can listen to. Um, one of our most popular uh, mechanisms, if you will, for listening according to the data uh, that's given to us from our um, platform, our podcast platform, is Amazon Echo. So thanks, Amazon Echo. And of course, we've got uh, folks listening to us at Spotify and Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Pandora. We're on Pandora, iHeartRadio, so many places that you can listen uh, to things you should know podcasts. And while you're subscribing and while you're listening, uh, click over and uh, give us a review and even share our podcast, our show with your family, friends, loved ones and associates. Uh, We certainly would appreciate it. So let's jump into the content for today. Uh, As we always do, we've got a couple articles here that we're going to go through. And these, once we're done, will be listed on our uh, on our Facebook page. I'm sorry to uh, further support, you know, where we found these studies so that you can take a look at it for yourself. Uh, We preach here on this podcast that uh, we don't really believe what anyone says. We study and show ourselves approved. So uh, we provide you with the studies, the information that we bring here to the podcast so that you can validate it for yourself before you begin some sort of implementation process into your life. So we've got two articles and one comes from the beat, uh, the other, well, actually they both come from the beat. And then we've got some data that comes, uh, from a couple different places and all that'll be on Facebook. So, uh, let's start off here. Uh, there are, um, a few questions that people have, uh, when they're considering, uh, changing their diet. And there's one question that, uh, as a vegan, as a plant-based person, I would say that we always get when we have, you know, successfully changed our diet and we come into contact with someone who's either interested or they're just curious or, or whatever the case may be. And that question, as you can imagine, is, um, where do you get your protein? And it, my initial hundred times being asked that I used to just answer it. Uh, it, be, it became very, very annoying. And one of the things I do now is I ask the person, I say, well, if you can tell me what protein is, then I'll, I'll answer that question. Here's what I found 
just personal experience. It didn't really take any research. This is just my personal experience over the last five years is that uh, people don't really know what protein is. Number one. And also people are not, that's really not the question. If that makes any sense, it's really not the question. It's more of an, uh, from some folks, it's more of an indictment on, I, I don't think you. this is the healthiest thing for your body. Now, if you consider someone asking uh, that question from that perspective, what it suggests is that they are operating with such a low level of knowledge that, um, that it is generating questions like this. So let, before I get lost in my own question, let, let me just say what I'm trying to say here. The deal is this. Most of the time uh, when you are losing weight or you've changed your diet or you're doing, you know, some sort of exercise program or something like that and you're around your friends and family and they don't necessarily want to do it. Human nature is they don't really want you to do it either because you're putting pressure on them to to do some of the same stuff. You know, if you start losing weight and we've both been heavy our whole lives and it's going to put pressure on me. If you start eating better and living longer, then it's going to put pressure on me. If you start making these better choices for you, particularly in relationships, this could be your partner, your spouse. If you start doing this, then there's some insinuation, perhaps, that I should start doing this. And I don't really want to put the effort into doing this. I uh, I would rather not. So there there comes a time when these sorts of questions come up from different perspectives. And one of the perspectives is, I don't really think this is something that you should be doing. I don't think it's healthy. There's a lot of people, believe it or not, that don't think uh, uh, going plant-based is is the healthiest uh, uh, form of, of diet, which is bananas uh, when you think about it. And when you look at the science, when you look at the numbers, and when you look at the health crisis that is taking place uh, I would say all over the world, but quite honestly, it's not taking place all over the world. The health crisis that I'm talking about in terms of uh, people dying from cardiac related events uh, is primarily happening in the West. It's primarily happening in the United States and places that really eat a lot of meat. And so when you consider that, and particularly couple that with if you're African-American or if you're a woman, uh, the the additional complexities of what the data says, uh, you know, you're talking about diabetes, you're talking about high blood pressure, and you're talking about overall qualities of life being affected because of your diet. And then you have someone uh, that you see at a party or at a gathering saying, hey, um, where do you get your protein from? It becomes a little annoying. So anyway. Uh, let's talk about what protein is because I want to help you to understand uh, what it is and not to ask that question uh, and not knowing because uh, where do you get your protein from? Let's say you're not plant-based. Where do you get your protein from? People say, well, I eat meat. Well, where, where do, do you think the cow is made of protein? Where does the cow get its protein from? Stay with us. We'll be right back. Here's an offer we thought you'd be interested in. Are you looking to develop and create stunning coursework? Uh, launch your stunning academy website in a snap. You can choose from among 50 plus designer made, ready to go, industry specific site templates to launch your website fast and with confidence. It's very simple, very powerful. They're flexible courses. You can wave goodbye to dull educational content. 
There are countless ways to package and distribute your learning content. Create listed or private courses that can be paid or free courses, or you can drip feed your content to build and to nurture your audience the way that you want. You can create compelling and interactive courses, leverage the most rich library of learning activities, and undoubtedly the most customizable course player in the market to build flexible learning experiences to keep your listeners engaged. And lastly, be the boss of your content and design your final course product exactly as you envision it. Preview it as you build it in real time. Get it up and running fast than you ever have imagined. Why don't you go down the show notes, guys, today and uh, click on Learns World. If you're interested in building courses that matter, you can monetize, create memberships, create courses, and create passive income for yourself. So support our sponsor, Learns World. The largest land animals on the earth are herbivores. The strongest and the largest animals on the earth, land animals, are herbivores. So uh, when someone asks you, because you're on a plant-based diet and they show some level of concern that, hey, maybe you're not giving your body as many vitamins and you're not getting your protein, it is uh, to us uh, somewhat, you know, ludicrous. So anyway, what is protein exactly? Uh, Proteins are... Uh, molecular, they're mo- um, molecules, and they play a role in building your body, critical roles in building your body, particularly at the base of your body, which is which are the cells. And it's required for, uh, according to Google, structure, function, and the regulation of the body's tissues and their organs. It helps with muscle building, bone strength, and repair of cells and body tissues. It's a macronutrient, and it is vital to every cell. And it's also important for blood clotting, for immune system responses, for hormones, and for enzymes. So proteins are also related to your amino acids as well. And all of that plays a vital role in sustaining your vessel, sustaining your body through healthy cells. Building healthy bones and muscles and tissues and fibers, uh, all that comes from having uh, a, a good foundation of solid proteins and vitamins and amino acids and things like that. <clears throat> so this is just a general high-level uh, definition of what a protein is. Now, obviously, uh, you know, there's more to it on a, on a molecular level, but my point in telling you this is that when someone asks you that, I guarantee you they don't know. There's a question behind that question. They're questioning, why are you doing this diet in the first place? That's really what they want to know. And is it healthy for you? Okay, so let's go on to that question. Is it healthy for you? Well, let's consider uh, what I said before in terms of the health crisis that is here in the United States. I can't speak for anywhere else in in the world. I live here so I can give you my personal experience. And I have family members and I have had family members who have uh, died from poor diets. Quite honestly, they've eaten themselves into a bad quality of life and that bad 
quality of life has uh, expedited their uh, exit out of this world. And uh, quite honestly, a lot of people in my family still eat that way. Uh, I have a lot of friends. I have a lot of associates, folks who are very intelligent people, some even in the medical arena, who have no problem uh, consuming meat on any level. So it comes down to a education uh, sort of uh, campaign, if you will, uh, helping people understand what can promote the best quality of health. And after that, it becomes a personal preference. So there are three things as we get into these articles. There are three things that I normally don't initiate conversations about. One is politics, two is religion, and since I have become plant-based, the third is a diet, people's diets. Why? The first two are obvious, but the second, who would have thought people were as equally protective and aggressive and dogmatic about the stuff that they eat as they are about their religion and their politics. But the truth is they are. It's very difficult to break people away from a number of habits, but I think their diets are probably the most difficult. Now, I'm not a doctor. You could ask any doctor. God bless them. If you're seeing patients coming in uh, weeks on end, months on end with health issues, and you're trying to convince them that they're doing it to themselves, but they uh, are insistent upon continuing to eat fast food and to do these things, but they also want to be healthy. They don't want to hurt. They don't want to have diabetes. They don't want to have to take medication. They don't want to have to do all these things, but they also don't want to give their diet at the same time. So that's kind of what we're dealing with. This is, in my opinion, uh, it's not the entirety of it, but this is a large portion of why uh, we spend so much money every year on health care because people are not making the best choices as it relates to the diet. So these two articles in this podcast today is set up to help you. Number one, we've already given you a definition of protein. So you won't be irritating us vegans and vegetarians about what protein is in the future. And you just need to know that. Uh, number two, you need to know that uh, protein naturally comes from uh, plants and that you can bypass the middleman, whatever animal that you're slaughtering and eating. You can bypass that and go directly to the plants or the nuts to get your protein. And then now, thirdly, I'm going to give you some examples of people who are actually doing that, people who are actually doing that. So the question is, can I maintain this muscular physique? Can I have the energy that I've normally had? Uh, can I build muscle uh, and still be plant based? Yes. Yes, you can. You can. It, it, I always give people the example of a gorilla. And for some reason, people don't realize gorillas are herbivores. I, I don't know why. But anyway, uh, gorillas are herbivores. And they are, I, I mean, they, they are terribly uh, muscular. They are they are just probably, I don't know, besides uh, an, an elephant, the strongest animal that I know that could physically you know, move something, move things, or, or just show their their strength. You see elephants knocking over trees and pulling things. Obviously, they can carry people. Uh, it just goes to show 
you can still build a strong vessel with just plants. So let's get into it. I did find an article, five herbs that can increase your muscle mass naturally and some studies that support it. And I'm also going to talk to you about some professional athletes. We already, uh, you know, kind of started off kind of hinting at uh, a Patriots lineman, two-time Super Bowl winner. His name is Lawrence Guy, and he is vegan. He's six foot four. He's a lineman, and he weighs 315 pounds. And guess what, guys? He's not the only one. He's the only one I'm going to talk about today in terms of being an NFL. But there are more and more NFL players that are becoming vegan. And they're they're doing it because they they have dispelled the myth and they feel better. They are healthier. They're repairing their bodies quicker. uh, And we're just going to kind of get into it. So let's talk about the five herbs, first of all, that can help increase your uh, muscle mass. So do you know who Charles Atlas is? Charles Atlas was a back to back bodybuilding um, champion. You know, he won competitions in the 1920s in New York City, and he sort of started, I would say, uh, well, according to this article, uh, bodybuilding, the phenomena here in America where people were so interested in uh, physiques and building the, building muscle, uh, muscles, uh, masculinity. He presented uh, a masculine ideal that resembled, quite honestly, what Arnold Schwarzenegger and many others took over and kind of flourished in the uh, 80s, 70s and 80s. So uh, big uptick on younger athletes, younger people trying to uh, compete and go into uh, bodybuilding, go into professional uh, areas of competition, be it NFL, Major League Baseball, or swimming, or whatever the case may be. But they wanted to know, how do I get bigger, faster, stronger? That's that's the deal, guys. When you're talking about, we just came off the Olympus, we're always talking about folks getting bigger, faster, stronger uh, naturally. Because one of the issues, of course, has always been some sort of um, illegal use of drugs that, of course, affects your body to the point of it can affect your mental health. It can affect the way that some of your organs are working. It can really reduce uh, the time that you're on this planet and it can reduce your your quality of life. It has very harmful side effects. We've seen that in the NFL where guys have taken steroids and they haven't had the best results. They haven't had the best results. So anyway, this study uh, goes into natural herbs that can help you uh, to increase your physique, your muscles, do it, doing it naturally, and you can bypass all of the antibiotic steroids and the things that can tear, tear your body down. So in 2004, the United States Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration determined that 0.5% of the population that's about 1 million Americans had used, had used antibiotic steroids. Now, in the younger group, this is between 18 and 34, fully 1% of the population had used the steroids. As of 2017, the number has grown. Younger males trying steroids, over 1.1% of American 12th graders were using steroids in 2017, according to the study. So rather than trying to convince athletes that they don't need muscle to be faster, stronger, and more competitive, one strategy is to encourage replacing dangerous antibiotic steroids used with natural herbs 
that can help the body's own process of building muscle mass naturally. Now, I have to give this a warning, of course, because I don't want you to take any of this information, stop taking your medication or anything that your current physician has you on. This is for information purposes only. If you're interested in any of this, I suggest you continue on your current plan, take this information to your physician, talk to them about it, and develop a further plan if you want to incorporate this into your diet. All right, so the first herb is called Safid Musli, M-U-S-L-I. Also, Kapi Kachu, K-A-P-I-K-A-C-C-H-U. Don't worry about writing this down. Again, it's going to be on our Facebook page. So the combination of these two has shown to increase circulating growth hormone, growth hormone, and exercise-trained men, according to studies. So to put it another way, it simply combines these two herbal supplements. They act functionally like an antibiotic steroid by boosting your growth hormone in the body. These are two natural herbs. The study notes that further studies should seek to determine which of the agents is responsible for the growth hormone, in particular when delivered at the same dosage to the same subjects over a um, crossover design. Now, it may be that the um, Cappy Cachu is more responsible for increasing the circulation and the circulating of the growth hormone as it contains what's called L-DOPA, L-DOPA, the precursor to the neurotransmitter dopamine. The precursor to the neurotransmitter dopamine. You've heard us talk about dopamine here on the show before. And this has been shown to effectively stimulate the growth hormone. Now, the Safid Musli has been shown to be spermatogenetic and to increase testosterone, which, of course, is um, a substantial piece of uh, muscle building and growth. And animal research also shows that it might increase sexual activity and have effects similar to testosterone. But further research is necessary. So these two, again, herbs are Capicachu. And Safid Musli. All right, so number two, Ashwagwanda. Ashwagwanda. A S H W A G A N D H A. This is a, a prominent herb in uh, Ayurvedic tradition. This is revered as a aphrodisiac, as a mood regulator. And also as an athletic performance enhancer. It's been used by athletes to improve muscular strength, uh, resistance to fatigue, and things like recovering from exercise. So modern science concurs that this particular uh, herb is an effective herb for increasing athletic performance, as shown uh, to decrease cardiorespiratory endurance. It has been shown to increase cardiorespiratory endurance. According to one study, the test for VO2 max is perhaps the most commonly employed procedure in exercise psychology. This measurement determines an athlete's ability to take in, transport, and utilize oxygen. It is probably the best assessment 
of the athlete's endurance capabilities. Again, this is the test for the VO2 max, in which case uh, this herb, ashwagandha, has performed and helped athletes to perform very well. So number three, Rodia and bitter orange. Rodia is spelled R-H-O-D-I-O-L-A. Scientists have studied these pair of herbs. The two herbs in combination have shown to reduce uh, what's called adipose tissue, a.k.a. belly fat, in lab studies. There are potentially risky side effects to bitter orange supplements that have been widely reported on the market because of its similarities to uh, uh, ephedra. And, of course, you guys have heard of this ephedra uh, because it was so prominent uh, some years back with weight loss. And it was um, uh, it was not uh, people were not seeing very good results with it in terms of long long term health. So bitter orange, which is not the same as the citrus we buy in the store, is a sour fruit native to East Africa, the Arabian Peninsula, Syria and Southeast Asia. It's sour. That's hard to eat by itself. It is very sour, but it's commonly used as a main ingredient in some uh, recipes. Eating it as opposed to taking it as a supplement is considered safe. So the Rodolia imparts more benefit. It helps to recover from a workout by reducing both lactate levels and parameters of skeletal muscle damage after an exhaustive exercise session. Bitter orange is less widely praised. So the Redalia is more of a uh, assistant to the bitter orange. And it looks like if you take these two together, it can help in your recovery. The side effects and the risks of bitter orange, just to drive it home, bitter orange sounds um, like it does have uh, some concerns. So you, you probably want to be careful with this one. Uh this is structurally similar to the ephedrine we talked about before, the main component of ephedra, which has been banned, according to this article, by the FDA as a dietary supplement. Ephedra raises your blood pressure and has been linked to heart attacks and strokes. So be careful if you consider the bitter orange piece. All right, number four is saffron and cinnamon. Both saffron and cinnamon have been proven to reduce delay onset muscle soreness. Regularly adding some uh, saffron to your savory dishes or cinnamon to your sweeter dishes will deliver what's called carotenoids, which are a powerful antioxidants that can help reduce inflammation and allow your muscles to recover without signature soreness that can stop you from training day after day. If you know anything about athletes, you know, this is why we talked about in an earlier podcast, the cold water dousing. It reduces uh, muscle soreness and it increases your recovery time. And recovery is very important. Let's say, for example, now we're talking about NFL. Folks go to practice, they get hurt, they get nicks, they get deans, they get sore. And they have to play the next day or they have to play in two days. What they're trying to do is get back to their fullest uh, performance before the game. So what can help them do that? I don't know. There are a number of things, but they're always looking to get back to their peak performance before the game. So recovery is a big deal as it relates to uh, being an athlete and to being able to perform during the competition, whether you're a track runner for the Olympics, whether you're an NFL player and your game is tomorrow. Uh, folks are trying to uh, get through the muscle soreness and get back to where they were. 
All right. So uh, those were our um, – how many did I give you? This just seems like four. Let me see. I'm missing one somewhere. Where did it go? Maybe I gave them all. Did I leave one off my list here? All right. Well, don't – that's the total uh, for the uh, herbs. So, again, uh, this is going to be on our Facebook page, and you can kind of go over and take a look. Uh, you're going to have to go to a really um, a really good herbal store to get some of these because they are not something that you're going to be able to find at Target or Walmart or wherever you shop for over-the-counter. So, again, be careful and go in and make sure if you're currently taking any medication that you have this conversation with your physician before you decide to do anything else. All right, so who's actually doing this, Kelly? Like, who can I look at to say, hey, these guys are doing what I want to do, and it's true, you can be a vegan, and you can still be um, a muscle man, a strong man, an athlete, a track runner, basketball player. I can still play tennis. I can still perform at my highest level. Well, I'm glad you asked. 315-pound NFL player becomes vegan. He's a plant-based guy. He's a Patriots uh, lineman. His name is Lawrence Guy. He stands at six foot four. He's three hundred and fifteen pounds, and he does not eat meat or dairy. He has proven that plant-based diets—you uh, can win, you know—as a plant-based uh, eater. He has contributed to two Super Bowls with the Patriots, and he is still on the Patriots team. Guy, who is 31, credits being able to recover faster from bone-crushing workouts to his dairy-free, meat-free meals. And again, the recovery is one of the primary uh, things that athletes are looking for. When you go out and you spend all that energy and sometimes you do get nicked or hurt or bruised, you're looking to recover as quickly as possible so you can go into your next competition. So according to the guy, quote, you can get beat up on the field every day. Your body needs nutrition more than ever to recover. What's the best way to do that? He says, I think it's plant-based. Also, he says, all you're doing is prolonging your career in a certain way by changing your diet. Guy's vegan diet is a major driver that has allowed him to last for 10 seasons and to sign a four-year contract uh, at the tune of $11.5 million last spring. Four million is guaranteed. He went vegan 10 years ago, and he's been vegan this entire span. The, listen to me carefully. He's been, he didn't turn vegan yesterday. He's been vegan the entire time he's been in the NFL. He's won two Super Bowls. He started eating uh, vegan in 2012, 2013, uh, when his wife urged him to start doing that. He says, quote, to me, it's an aspect of uh, replacing things with a healthier way of living. It has helped me fully recover and get flushed uh, the body out and just flush his body out is what he's saying. Like, get all that junk out of your intestines. Other athletes uh, that are vegan, you ask, well, uh, world-renowned pro, uh, tennis pro, uh, Novak, um, uh I always mispronounce his last name. I think it's um, Devokit. Uh, he is uh, vegan. Uh, tennis pro also Venice Williams is vegan. There's a pro surfer, Tia Blanco, if you're into surfing. She's vegan. Many of you know uh, Chris Paul. He's on the uh, State Farm commercials, and he's a professional uh, basketball player, and he's still in the league. He's vegan. 
Uh, many of you guys know Cam Newton, a second NFL star. He's vegan. Uh, there's a strong man. <clears throat> Let me see what this guy's name is. I've watched this uh, Netflix um, show on him. Uh, he is a strong man. His name is Patrick Balmanian, B-A-B-O-U-M-A-I-N. They say arguably he's one of the strongest men in the world. He's featured in uh, the show The Game Changers for his elite strength and for his superhuman ability to lift a car. And he's one of the strongest men in the world. And he just happens to be vegan. Uh, Patrick lifted 358 pounds in 2009. Uh, This was a German log lift nationals competition. Back in 2014, he partnered with PETA in his campaign called Want to Be Stronger, describing powering yourself with plants and how you can build muscle without eating meat. One of his 2019 PETA campaigns showed him posing with crossed arms and leaves in his mouth with the text message saying the world's strongest animals are plant eaters. Again, gorillas, buffaloes, elephants, and now he says me. His diet consists of dairy-free shakes for breakfast with 8 grams of protein and zero carbs. For lunch, he enjoys vegan sauces, falafel, which I love falafel, low-fat oven fries, peppers, and more grilled veggies. He normally eats about 250 grams of carbs and 90 grams of protein just for lunch. Dinners can include cooked potatoes and tofu. And we did a podcast on tofu and we talked about how great uh, it was and how it contained all nine essential amino acids. Now, if you want to eat like him, um, you can do so. Uh, they list uh, a couple of different diets here on this podcast. I'm going to give, uh, I'm sorry, on this article, I'm going to give it to you as well. But a couple more notable athletes who are vegan, uh, Mike Tyson. Uh, you know, heavyweight boxer Mike Tyson uh, is vegan. Mike was really out of shape uh, after he stopped bo- uh, boxing. Uh, he's 53 years old now, I believe. And he's, according to him, in one is in the best shape of his life. Uh, Mike Tyson recently said, quote, in the best shape ever, thanks to his vegan diet. Also, you guys know Colin Kaepernick, NFL, recent NFL uh, star and also social activist. He is vegan. And let's see, we we have a um, Olympic uh, person, Morgan Mitchell. She's in a she's a sprinter. She won her first title in uh, Australian National Championship in 2014. She's vegan as well. So what I wanted to suggest to you is that, yes, you can still compete at the highest of levels. You can be strong. You can build muscle. You don't have to worry about, you know, um, a, a lot of people think once I stop eating meat, I'm just going to drift off and I'm, I'm not going to have the strength. I'm not going to have the um the look, my body's not going to look the way I want it to look, particularly now if you are bodybuilding and you say, okay, I have to maintain, have to eat all this chicken every day. I have to eat all these meat byproducts every day in order to maintain this look. And the truth is you don't. So I'm going to post it on our Facebook page. I'm going to encourage you to, to look at it, but I'm also going to encourage, hopefully this opens up some dialogue with us, opens, 
up a, a conversation with you within yourself, well, you'll say, okay, let me go out and see who else can do this in my arena. If you are a high school volleyball player and you're on the girls team and you want to see, hey, I'm interested in being plant-based, let me look around and see what else you know folks like me are doing on a professional level, et cetera. Why don't you do that? If you are a young guy and you're playing football, if you are whoever and, and you're bodybuilding, there are a number of folks that I follow on Instagram who are, you know, workout um, uh, experts and they are bodybuilders and they are completely plant based and they have the same types of physiques as you would have if you were eating meat. OK, the one thing they don't have is all the health issues. So I hope that you found this uh, informative today. And uh, I'm going to put all the information on our Facebook page. I really do appreciate you hanging out with me all the way to the end. As you could tell, my voice, I'm still a little fighting, you know, the tail end of this uh, sinus uh, season because of all of the storms, according to my doctor and all the things that are kind of kicking up in the air uh, with the, you know, hurricanes and different things that are passing over where I live. Uh, a lot of folks are getting sinus infections and, and, you know, having sinus issues. And unfortunately I was one of those people, but I do feel better. It's just that I haven't returned to my regular voice yet. So I've been a little hesitant to record too many podcasts because I'm going to sound real nasally, but I think I'm okay today. I really appreciate you guys listening. And please, if you haven't done so, please go ahead and subscribe. And just know in two days, I'll be back again with some more great content. Thank you, guys. Have a good day. That's all for today's episode of Rethink. We hope that you've enjoyed this exploration of new ideas and perspectives and found valuable insights and strategies that you can apply to your life. Remember, You are the source of your own success and fulfillment. And by embracing new ways of thinking, you can unlock your true potential and yes, create the life that you truly desire. Now, if you've enjoyed this episode, we encourage you to support the podcast by sharing it with your friends, your family members, your loved ones and associates, and even your followers on social media. Also, leave us a review on your favorite podcast platform. Lastly, don't forget to check out our show notes for free downloads and empowering ebooks that can help you on your journey of personal growth and empowerment. Thanks, guys, for tuning in. We look forward to exploring more ideas and insights with you in the next episode of Rethink.